Why, hello everyone! It is I, Billiam, and I am back and well-rested from my vacation. So it is time to start episode 16 of Future Flicks. There are 11 new movies coming out this week, and a couple of them even look good. But as always, let's start with the news. Rumor has it that Sarah Jessica Parker says that a third Sex in the City movie is in the works. Join me and millions of others as we all say, who? Oh yes, that person who used to be famous. Alright, look, I, I don't know why she dropped out of the spotlight, but there are a lot of actors out there that have really good reasons. Rick Moranis, for example,'s wife died and so he retired to take care of his children. Jennifer Garner had a baby and wanted to raise her child. But despite Sarah Jessica Parker's reasons for not doing much after Sex in the City, my question now is why? Do we need a third Sex in the City movie? No, we don't. Part of me is glad that there's at least one TV show out there whose fans are still getting some love. I'm still waiting for a Stargate SG-1 movie that's never going to come. But this is going to end up being a skippable movie that only fans of the series are going to see. Apparently, Birth of a Nation has been having a hard time at theaters, having grossed only about $12 million since its release. Fox Searchlight spent $20 million on the film after it premiered at Sundance. Actor Hal Holbrook wrote an open letter to the New York Times defending the film, saying that it's worth seeing despite Nate Parker's past rape accusation. But Mr. Holbrook, could it be that the movie is about the horrors of slavery and that's always a tough thing to sell at theaters? The movie looks great, but I bet you it's really worth a watch. At the same time, it's a kind of movie, just like I said that when it came out, that most people would rather wait at home to see. I think that has more to do with why the movie's doing so poorly than anything. Apparently, James Franco headbutted a photographer at a Lana Del Rey concert. The guy says he required hospitalization and suffered severe physical and psychological injuries. Okay, this has BS lawsuit written all over it. I've had the crap kicked out of me at concerts before, and I'm fine. You just want money and your time in the spotlight. Leonardo DiCaprio and Glenn Powell are planning to bring Captain Planet to theaters. And I am oddly excited about this because Captain Planet was corny, but it's this great part of my childhood. And I, I trust Leonardo DiCaprio to do a good job. Bad Boys 3 will start filming in March. And I admit, I'm excited for that too. And Space Jam, as well as the Pokemon movie, are returning to theaters for their anniversaries. So keep an eye open for that. Lastly, there's a story that hits a little close to home. Uh, a customer of mine at the store I work at passed away recently. His name was Jim Ferris. And the only reason I'm mentioning this in this podcast is because he was involved in movies. His daughter is Valerie Ferris, who co-directed Little Miss Sunshine and is currently working on a movie starring Emma Stone and Steve Carell called Battle of the Sexes about the Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King tennis match. He was in a lot of his daughter's movies, just, just an extra, mind you, just in the background. If you watch Little Miss Sunshine, he's the old man that's sitting with an old woman in the scene that takes place in an ice cream shop. Jim Ferris worked on the Tom and Jerry cartoons, you know, the really old ones. And he knew people like Mel Blanc and he knew Hanna-Barbera and he met all those people. And he just lived a fantastic life. And his death 
went noticed by a lot of us who who loved him, but not a lot of people are going to know. And I think it's a shame that people who helped build our childhoods, people who made these cartoons that shaped us growing up, or maybe not even shaped us, just entertained us growing up and hold a place in our hearts, will pass unnoticed. And okay, yes, not everyone needs a big send-off, and he lived a good life, and he was a really happy man, and he always had a smile, and it made going, people like him made going to work every day worth it. So, so please just, you know, watch an old Tom and Jerry cartoon, watch Little Miss Sunshine, watch something that his daughter, Valerie Ferris, has done, or just think back to your childhood and what cartoons or shows you grew up on and just think of that. Because we may never know if any of the people who made our childhood shows pass, but what we can do, what we can always do is never forget the work and what it means to us. So Mr. Ferris... I will miss you. You always had a smile. You always had a song. And no matter how many awful customers came through my line, just one visit from you made it worth it. So thank you. So now that we're all good and sad, let's move on to the movies. And I think I'm going to change things up a bit. I'm going to actually save my pick for last. Do a kind of, uh, you know, music video countdown sort of thing, but with movies. So I'm just going to do the others in just, you know, some random order. But now I'm going to save my pick for last. So if you know enough about the movies coming out, or maybe if my pick is going to be the big one and you haven't heard me say it yet, maybe that's going to be the pick. So let's start with two movies that have already come out. These were released early on the 18th. The first movie is called The First Girl That I Loved. A high school girl falls in love with the most popular girl at her school. Anne then tells her best friend Clifton, who is unaware of the boy's crush on her. Clifton then does his best to get in the way of Anne and Sasha. This stars Dylan Gilula from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Brianna Hildebrand from Deadpool, she played Negasonic Teenage Warpath, and Matteo Arias from Kickin' It. This movie gives me the feeling that someone wanted to write a cute romance, but also wanted the Sundance people to take it seriously, so they added some indie-esque drama to it. This doesn't look bad, but it just feels too familiar to warrant a watch. A young girl who's in love with another girl and how the community reacts poorly to it and scandal erupts. This is a story we've heard before. There are ways to do movies about same-sex relationships that aren't so tired and done before. There's one I'm going to be talking about later. The acting looks fine, but the problem is that the characters don't seem very interesting. They look like uninterested teenagers, and while that may make the movie itself more realistic, we don't always go to movies for realism. So here's my vote. I'm going to keep this one quick. Pass on it in theaters unless this seriously speaks to you. In which case, wait for streaming. It's just not going to be worth a theater visit. The next movie that's come out already, this one also on the 18th, is Honey Bee. A quiet town is jump-started by the arrival of an enigmatic family. Okay, I want to just pat myself on the back for that, saying an enigmatic took me three takes. So you're welcome, listeners. You're very welcome for that. So Honey Bee, no. No, no, no. Pass. I can't even pretend that this is going to be any good. I would rather watch a foreign language copy of Twilight than this. And I hated Twilight. I usually at least would tell you who's in it, but I'm not going to do that this time. It's not worth it. End of story. My vote is a hard pass. Let this be the last you ever hear of this movie. 
Next up is a movie that I'm actually really surprised I am not going to trash, and that's called Boo, a Medea Halloween. Medea must spend Halloween fighting killers, ghosts, and zombies, all while keeping a group of young hooligans in order. This stars Tyler Perry and Cassie Davis from, well, all the other Medea movies. God help me, this, this looks funny. If you've ever heard me talk about Tyler Perry movies, you know that I feel that they're unoriginal and stereotypical. This one, on the other hand, looks like a goofy comedy that channels Ernest Scared Stupid, but more modern and more racy. And racy as in the style of jokes, not race as, as in ethnicity. This looks like it's one part Wayne's Brothers movie and one part raunchy comedy. And you know what? I like the look of it. This is a straight up comedy that doesn't have some tired story attached to it with Medea just playing a second fiddle as comic relief. My vote for this one is you check it out, but just not in theaters. Wait for streaming. Maybe next year you put it on your Halloween list of movies. We have two more movies before the break, and I'm going to keep these short as well because I don't have much to say about them. Next up on Future Flicks is Good Kids. Four high school students with little time left before they all leave for college take that time to do all of the bad stuff they never did because they were too busy studying. This stars Zoe Dutch, 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 D-E-U-T-C-H, whatever, from Vampire Academy, Nicholas Braun from Sky High, Ashley Judd from Kiss the Girls, Matteo Arias from the movie Kicking It, and Julia Garner from The Perks of Being a Wallflower. This film looks entertaining, but sadly forgettable. Good Kids has an American Pie sort of feel where the nerdy kids start partying more. It looks funny and filled with impossible situations that are just plausible enough to keep the suspension of disbelief intact. I laughed during the trailer, which is usually a good sign, but the trailer didn't impress me enough to make it my pick or even warrant a theater watch. There's something in this trailer that bothered me that, of all things, a YouTube comment made me rethink. And you know in movies like this, where they have like some beautiful actress nerd up? just to make it possible that they could be uh, one of the outcasts. And that usually bothered me, but this oddly intelligent YouTube comment said that even pretty people can be outcasts because it has nothing to do with their looks, but the fact that they shut themselves in either studying or because they're socially awkward. And that's true. Storylines like this have been done before and they're almost overdone. And this particular movie doesn't have enough uniqueness to it to make me think that's going to be any different. So sure, it could very well be good. It could be entertaining and enjoyable, but not enough to get me out of my seat and into a theater. So here's my vote for this one. Check it out if it interests you, but just do it on streaming. The last movie before the break is called I'm Not Ashamed. This is the story of Rachel Joy Scott, the first Columbine victim. This is a Christian preaching to the choir type film. It's made by Christians for Christians. And I do feel bad. I really do. Because I usually take a huge dump over all these religious films. And that's because I don't let my Christianity affect my review. I focus on how these films are as movies and not their religious message. Because the message, I, I personally think the message is great. You know, Jesus loves and all that. It's it's fantastic. That's, that's why I try to live my life by. But I'm judging this as a movie. 
and this movie looks terrible. The people who make movies like this don't have to make them any good. First off, it's hard to with lack of funds. Second, they know they have an audience. They could film it with a cell phone and have the stars be the cast of a high school play and people will still see it. I'm surprised Kirk Cameron isn't in this. I don't think this story needed to be told in theaters. I think a story like this, the story of this Christian girl who was gunned down in the Columbine shootings should be told from behind the podium in a church. That's where it belongs. It belongs in the message that a reverend, a priest, a pastor, uh, whatever else other names there are for those for them, in the message they have for you. Not in a movie you're going to see in theaters. I'm not saying that religious movies can't be good. I'm just saying I haven't seen one in a long time. So my vote for this one is pass. Movies like this aren't worth it. As promised, my friends and dear, dear listeners, it is time for our break. But let me take care of some housekeeping because I forgot that in the beginning. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can check out the show notes on however you're listening to this, be it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, the somewhat nerdy page, or if you followed a link from Twitter or Facebook, be sure to check out the somewhat nerdy Facebook page. Be sure to check me out on Twitter and hit me up if you have any questions or comments. Billiam S W N. That's B I L L I A M S W N. And you can also email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com. So without further ado, here is a word from our dear friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the somewhat nerdy radio podcast, the bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back. So let's start off with a Halloween-esque movie that's coming out this week. That's Ouija, Origin of Evil. A fake psychic gets a Ouija board to add to her scam. One night, her youngest daughter uses it and gets possessed by an evil spirit. This stars Elizabeth Reeser from the Twilight series. Annalise Basso from Oculus, Henry Thomas, who played Elliot in E.T., and Lynn Shay from the Insidious series. This looks interesting, but not worth a theater trip at all. I myself am working on Halloween, but even if I was, I'd rather watch some old scary movies at home than spend my money to see this. That doesn't mean it's going to be terrible. Not at all. The first one was dumb, but entertaining. And this one looks like it will be just a little better, but still dumb yet entertaining. This isn't going to be a good movie. It's going to be something ridiculous, but it's going to, it's just going to be interesting. It's just going to be fun. This is going to be a standard modern horror that's attempting to be as good as a James Wan or Scott Derrickson film. Uh, James Wan, Insidious series, and uh, Scott Derrickson is the man behind the Sinister series. Uh, This is going to be creepy, but rely on jump scares instead of setting this whole mood of terror that Wan and uh, Derrickson are good at. And so my vote for Ouija, Origin of Evil, is pass, unless 
unless you really want to see a scary movie in theaters for Halloween. Next up on the docket is Moonlight. A young black boy struggles while growing up in a bad neighborhood in Miami. His struggles aren't that of gangs or drugs, but being gay and finding his place in the world. This stars Marshala Ali, who's in Luke Cage, Naomi Harris from movies like Skyfall and Spectre, she plays Moneypenny, and Trevante Rhodes from the T Tyler Perry TV show If Loving You Is Wrong. This looks really good, but also really heavy. It looks heavy enough that you should really check your mood before seeing this. If you see it in theaters or if you wait before you watch it, just think if you can watch a movie that's so real and seemingly so gritty. I don't know if anything like this has been made before. A serious look at a gay black man growing up in the ghetto. And this is a really interesting topic because this has more than likely happened. Like the gay people don't just come from suburban areas. This is a really interesting idea. And I'm happy this movie is coming out because it shows me that there are still tons of original stuff out there that Hollywood hasn't done yet. I want to see this. I really do, but just not in theaters. It has nothing to do with the subject matter, but more to do with the fact that there are bigger movies out there that would benefit more from the silver screen touch. Mo Moonlight will be just as good on the small screen as it will on the big screen. The actors in it, uh, Mershala Ali and Trevante Rhodes, look like they give fantastic performances, and Naomi Harris is good, but though I didn't see much of her in the trailer, or at least if I did, I was focusing more on the others. It, it looks, this looks really heavy. This looks well shot and I'm excited. I want to see it, but unfortunately I'm going to wait for it to come out on streaming or DVD. And that is my vote for you, my dear friends, is check this out, but wait for streaming. We have three movies left, just three movies. Have you figured out which one's going to be my pick? I'll tell you what isn't my pick, In a Valley of Violence. A traveling man gets in a fight in a small town and almost gets killed when the guy he fought seeks revenge. The man returns to the city bent on revenge of his own and the sheriff plans on stopping him. This is a western starring John Travolta from movies like Face Off, Ethan Hawke from Gattaca, Karen Gillian from Doctor Who, and Tysa Farminga, daughter of Vera Farminga. Let me just say, I love westerns. They are awesome. There's just something about it that romanticizes a time that probably doesn't really deserve romanticizing. If I lived back then, it'd probably be terrible. Of course, if I was born back then, I wouldn't know anything else, but you know. But movies like this make the Old West seem so quaint. Like, oh, how quaint. I'm just gonna wake up and light my kerosene lamp and go get dressed as I, and then ride my horse into town. This was almost my pick, but the way the trailer made the movie look was what stopped it from actually making it as my pick. The problem is that this film has the feel of a straight-to-DVD release despite the impressive cast. You know what I mean. Straight-to-DVD movies have this look about them that makes them almost look like a made-for-TV movie. In a Valley of Violence has that feel feeling to it. This is written and directed by T or Ty, just T.I., not T.I. the rapper, but T.I., Ty West, who wrote and directed parts of VHS. I will see this movie, just like Moonlight and just like other movies I mentioned in the past, I will see it, but it's not gonna be in theaters. This is gonna be something I'm gonna find years later in an Amazon or Best Buy bargain section, and not because it looks bad at all. It's just because I'm gonna forget about this. 
this. The only way I knew this movie existed was in my research for this podcast. I have seen no mention of it anywhere else. Not on TV, not even movie magazines, not on internet advertising. Reddit movies, or our movies, hasn't mentioned this, or if it has, I missed it. So when I'm done with this podcast and I see my movie of the week and I start working on the next podcast, it's going to slip my mind. It's going to be gone already. And that's unfortunate because it looks interesting. So my vote, so my vote, if you haven't already guessed, is check it out, but just not in theaters. Two movies left, two movies, and they're actually the two biggest movies coming out. So what's your vote? What do you think my pick's going to be? Well, if you voted this next movie, you are incorrect. The next movie on the list is Jack Reacher. Never go back. Jack Reacher must help a friend uncover a conspiracy involving murdered soldiers. This stars Tom Cruise and Colby Smulders. Colby Smulders, of course, from How I Met Your Mother. This is based off the 18th Jack Reacher book. Why the 18th? Why not? The first Jack Reacher movie was based off the ninth book, so why again? Why go in any sort of order? Why make any sense? I don't know. I don't know why they do these things. This movie looks good because, let's face it, no matter how much controversy Tom Cruise has stirred up in the past, he is a fantastic actor and a true action star. I have never read these books, so I can't comment on that, but what I can comment on is that the movie looks good. Semi-mindless action. And why semi? Because it doesn't have that mindless quality of the old 80s and 90s Chuck Norris and Van Damme movies. They're great, don't get me wrong, I still love those movies. But if you were stoned out of your mind, you'd be able to follow those movies. This one, however, looks like it has just enough plot to keep the masses from drooling all over themselves while watching watching it. I actually don't have much more to say. You've seen the trailer if you've watched TV in the past month and don't have ad block on your browser. This movie is a safe bet for a fun night. It looks like it's going to be an action movie that you're going to enjoy. It won't make any waves. It's not going to be highly memorable at all, but you'll watch it. You'll probably enjoy it. And who knows, when it comes out, you may buy it just to pull off the shelf every once in a while and pop in for a quick watch. My vote, it's worth a watch in theaters if the next movie isn't up your alley. And so what is that movie? What is that final movie, you may ask? If you've been paying attention and you know the list of releases this week, you'll know that my pick is Keeping Up With The Joneses. To Jack and Karen Gaffney, their new neighbors are the newest development in their lives. That is, until they find out their neighbors are spies. This stars Ilsa Fisher from Now You See Me, Gal Gadot from Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, Zach Galifianakis from The Hangover, and John Hamm from Mad Men. This looks really funny. This looks like it's going to be one of those action comedies and while this movie seems like a whole bunch of others have been done before, and even though I just complained about that for other movies, this one looks funny enough and interesting enough to be overlooked for that fact. This has a really good cast, and a Zach Galifianakis that's so thin I didn't recognize him when the trailer first started. The first time I saw the trailer for this movie, I thought, oh, I've never seen this guy before, but he looks like he could be related to Zach Galifianakis. Oh my god, Zach Galifianakis lost another human being. I, I'm a big guy. If you've ever seen pictures of me anywhere, you'll notice I am a, I am a big guy. I am overweight, but... 
I carry it all in one place. Zach Galifianakis carried it more overall in his body. So when I lose the weight, I'll still pretty much look the same, except my belly will be gone. When he lost the weight, he looked like a different person, and I was not ready for that. But you know what? Good for him. Good for him. I'm, I'm glad whenever I see anyone with a weight loss story, it's it's a little easier for actors, because you know Jonah Hill went through that thing where he, he lost quite a bit of weight. Now he ballooned up again. I'm not sure if that was for, for the movies, or if he just fell off the health bandwagon, but it's easier for people with money because they can they can hire trainers and personal cooks or meal plans. Or since they have since they're so dedicated and they have that ability to so to be so focused on one thing, maybe it's easier for them to be focused on weight loss. But I'm not talking about the movie right now, and I should be. So let's get off this topic and go with the fact that keeping up with the Joneses has this feeling of the man like the man from Uncle or Kingsman, where it's going to be a movie that that will be funny, but the action scenes are still going to be really good. The action isn't really going to play second fill to anything, though it's not the main focus. It's still going to be part of the movie, and it's going to be noticeable, and it's going to be done well. The comedy is the same. While it's going to be more in the foreground than the action may be, that is going to be good comedy. Sure, there are a bunch of jokes in the trailer that have been done before, but it's presented in a way that's that's enough. It's enough to make it okay. And I think that's what this movie does right, and I also think that's why it's my pick. Because these are ideas that have been done before, but they are wrapped up in a brand new bow and they're presented in such a way that it doesn't just stand out as a trope-filled movie. It doesn't stand out like that to me. This looks like it's going to do everything in just the right way to produce a movie that may not be unique, but it will be enjoyable and memorable. So that's why this is my pick of the week and my vote, if I even have to say it, is you watch this movie and you do so in theaters. So that is it for this episode, my dear friends. So let me do my housekeeping once again. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, and any podcast listening app, as well as a somewhat nerdy web- website. Need to reach me? Leave a comment for me on the somewhat nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter, BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at g- gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast and the Watch Your Mouth podcast, two fantastic podcasts that have become a part of my podcast listening experience. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And lastly, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future.